You are listening to the Rocky Mountain Review for Thursday, November 4th, 2021. I'm Cutta Babcock. And I'm Ellie Shannon. And you're tuned in to KCSU Fort Collins on 90.5. On today's show, I go over updates in campus news and discuss Larimer County election results and a new transport route. After that, we hear from the International Local Music Exchange podcast about Slovenian musicians. Coda tells us about changes in national health care priorities, and then we hear a bit more about the local music exchange. After that, I give new information on COVID-19 statistics and speak to Brooke Pippin from the Collegian to learn more about the proposed Transport Elizabeth route. To conclude today's show, Coda explains some updates on technology with information on facial recognition technology at Facebook, and Portia Cook goes over the weirdest stories of the week. Let's move right into campus and local news. This is Ellie Shannon with your campus and local news. There are over 770 million acres, or about the area of India, of rangeland in the United States. And according to Ann Manning of CSU News, Colorado State University soil scientists are looking at the untapped potential of rangelands for lessening global carbon emissions by reversing soil carbon loss, regenerating soil health, and using those lands as a carbon sink for greenhouse gases. It's estimated that 30% of global carbon stocks are held by rangelands. And the CSU research team led by Megan McMuller, a research scientist in the Department of Soil and Crop Sciences, is working hard to research ways to reduce this. CSU has also teamed with Woodwell Climate Research Center to research Colorado-based projects. For more information on this, visit source.colostate.edu. The City of Fort Collins and Colorado State University launched the West Elizabeth Bus Rapid Transit Project, which plans to increase infrastructure and the bus routes along the West Elizabeth Corridor, according to Brooke Pippin of the Collegian. The project looks to implement a max route as well as protected bike lanes between the Foothills campus and CSU's main campus. The highest percentage of student housing is found here, so this would be beneficial for a lot of people. The city is currently asking residents to give feedback, so visit collegian.com for more information. To hear more about Pippin's story, stay tuned for our Collegian Questions and Answers session discussing this story after COVID-19 updates. Colorado State University released an official pronoun statement and pronouns resource website last week. The pronoun statement and website are intended to support the campus community's right and particularly the right of transgender and non-binary students to share their pronouns and have them respected across campus, according to CSU's Pronouns Resource webpage. Visit pronouns.colostate.edu for more information. CSU also takes on Wyoming this weekend in the infamous Border War. The game will be held in Laramie, and tickets are available online. The game starts at 1.30 p.m., so make sure to go watch or tune in. Now on to local news. Election results are in. Local elections took place on Tuesday, November 2nd, and Larimer County will be making some changes. Jackie Martin was re-elected as Loveland's mayor, and Poudre School District elected Stacey Ferry as their board director. Proposition 119, which was proposed after a citizen initiative to raise marijuana retail taxes 5%, was voted against. These taxes would have gone towards the Learning Enrichment and Academic Progress Program. 
Proposition 120, which was also proposed by the Citizen Initiative to reduce property tax rates, was also voted against. For more information on election results, please visit Larimer.org. According to the Coloradoan, Colorado is making monoclonal antibody treatments more widely available for specific COVID-19 patients, as Colorado's case rate is the fifth highest in the nation. Those who test positive for COVID-19 and have mild symptoms but are at high risk of becoming more ill may be eligible for the treatment. It is an outpatient service that reduces the risk of hospitalization and the option of IV or four injections. You also cannot be fully vaccinated to receive the treatment. Colorado's Conservation Data Explorer, or CODEX, launched on November 1st. According to Mary Gooden of CSU's College News, the web-based interactive map allows for conservation planning, teaching, evaluation of projects, and much more, and is led by the Colorado Natural Heritage Program at Colorado State University with support from Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Colorado is the 11th state in the country to launch this tool. The ultimate aim is to enhance the flow of decision quality data from CSU and partners to the people of Colorado and to advance efforts to encourage decisions on land use to consider the state's natural heritage. Thanks for listening to my campus and local news for Thursday. This is Ellie Shannon, and you are listening to KCSU on 90.5 FM. If you miss any part of today's episode, be sure to check us out online at kcsufm.com news, or look up KCSU News on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Would you like to be a part of a rising industry on your college campus? Well, you should check out KCSU and their podcast department. 90.5 KCSU is Colorado State University's student-run radio station where you can be involved with music, news, sports, and even production and podcasting. Come on down into the basement of the Lori Student Center and talk to a staff member today. Just remember to follow the music. This is the International Local Music Exchange. Hi, my name is Matiz and I'm recording this program from Slovenia, from Ljubljana, from our studio basement in the village near our capital. Hi Colorado, our states and all around the globe. Today we will listening to some of the Slovenian contemporary modern music with young musicians. With me in the studio is my audio technician, Rock Molnar, and I hope you will enjoy our program. We will go from pop to rock and hardcore, even metal, and at the end some of the hip 
hip-hop songs. And for the start, we selected a new prodigy from our basement, band called Regen. In the German language, it means rain. So, boys and girls, don't drink and drive, but this is song Wine from the band Regen.
first is a duet with two girls and it's called Free Kind and their song Problems and after that immediately something very unusual this is the band called Pantaloons have a nice time Sometimes it don't work out that way Sometimes it's tough In the morning you say, baby, I love you But what you don't hear is, baby, I love you too But that's the only thing that is true But sometimes I for do I don't wanna color your life that way too I really want you to be happy, boo-boo When you know it I just find weird ways to show it I had my weird ways on the weekdays I hope it's better on the weekend Cause we just can't lose what we had Baby, what we had is perfect But we got problems We got problems to solve them Cause we got love We got love We got love We got problems We got problems to solve them Times hit sooner than we expected. I'm sorry if you ever felt sad or neglected. I really need you happy and I make sure I check that. I see you need your hard work and I respect that. I'm sorry till now I didn't give the same mind. I never done this before, so let's find common ground. I need your hand, at least now in the beginning. But you know how I feel about this year and winning. I'ma get it, I promise. And I mean it honest. I hit back harder, even when the shit hits me the hardest Cause whenever I don't hit back, I just another the things that I like And I think that I'm right, I know I gotta work on my confidence But it will get better if you get my Let's back. just grow together Cause I know that you got my back Let's not make it whatever Let's try to make it forever I know we got problems, but it will get better You and me got problems But you and me gon' solve them Cause you and me got love You and me got love You and me got problems You and me got problems We got problems We got love Yeah.
the International Local Music Exchange. Support for KCSU comes from the Fort Collins Book Fest, October 22nd through the 24th. The Fort Collins Book Fest features slasher stories, romance novels, poetry, and more. The event is open to the public and offers more than 35 award-winning authors and speakers, including festival headliner Callie Fajardo-Anstein, author of Sabrina and Karina, horror writer Stephen Graham Jones, and experimental poet Ann Waldman. Attendees can enjoy book talks, writing workshops, and author readings, both in person or streaming online. More information is available at focobookfest.org. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Cutta Babcock, and you're listening to National News Highlights for November 4th. Philadelphia Mayor Jim Kenney sent out an executive order banning traffic stops for low-level offenses. According to the Associated Press, this bans police from pulling over drivers for what are referred to as secondary violations, like improperly displayed registration stickers or broken taillights. These stops are also referred to as pretextual stops, and many say that these stops disproportionately impact racial minorities. While the Supreme Court ruled in the 90s that these stops were acceptable due to their role in confiscating illegal drugs, critics point out that the practice has caused black and Latino motorists to be stopped and searched at much higher rates than white drivers, and they often are detained for infractions like a broken taillight as a result. In addition to this, secondary violation stops also led to the deaths of Sandra Bland, Walter Scott, and Duante Wright at the hands of police. The American Psychological Association apologized for its deep history of racism Friday. According to Sharon Pruitt-Young from National Public Radio, the statement addressed and apologized for the role APA, as well as the study of psychology, has played in systematically and perpetually harming people of color for decades. The APA was founded in the 1800s and conducted and supported a variety of experiments on people of color that failed to follow ethics. In the statement, the organization said, quote, APA is profoundly sorry, accepts responsibility for, and owns the actions and inactions of APA itself, discipline of psychology, and individual psychologists who stood as leaders for the organization and field, end quote. Last year, the APA launched a variety of new projects aimed to address and study the impacts of systemic racism in psychology. NPR says that one of the projects, a timeline of historical racism in psychology, is available online at apa.org. The apology also says, quote, we stand committed to purposeful intervention and to ensuring that APA, the field of psychology, and individual psychologists are leaders in both benefiting society and improving lives, end quote. A government advisory committee recommends that all adults in the U.S. under the age of 60 get hepatitis B vaccines. According to Mike Stobe at the Associated Press, while most Americans under the age of 30 are protected due to the hepatitis B vaccine being included in standard vaccinations starting in 1991, those between the ages of 30 and 59 are less likely to have received the vaccine. 
Hepatitis harms the liver and is spread primarily through bodily fluids. Many new hepatitis B cases have been linked to the opioid epidemic, most likely as a result of needle sharing. The U.S. government hopes to eliminate viral hepatitis as a health threat, including hepatitis B, by 2030. Only around 30% of all adults in the U.S. are vaccinated, and just two-thirds of healthcare workers are vaccinated. Prior to this recommendation, adults were only recommended to receive hepatitis B vaccines if they were in prison, worked in healthcare, had multiple sexual partners, had a chronic condition like diabetes, or injected drugs. A few additional circumstances were also included, but primarily focused on these categories. Hepatitis B infection has specifically risen in the 40 to 50 age group, although the general population has not seen any significant increase or decrease in new cases. That's all for national news. I'm Koda Babcock, and let's move back into the International Music Exchange to learn more about Slovenian musical artists. Hi, Matis here again, and this is the recording from the Slovenia, Ljubljana and Studio Basement. And now we are going to some band that really started a new millennium sound of Slovenian music. It's called Koala Voice. The song is recorded in Slovenian language, so maybe you will learn something. Koala Voice and Vede Premikanja.
So, now I have two very big geek attractions from the, let's say, genre of rock. And also Rock, my audio technician, is also a musician and his band is called Bourgeoisia, which means bourgeois or something like that. They have unfortunate event that just before the corona they just put out their new and first album, but the songs still remain. So in the package we have Bourgeoisia and after that another band that also looks good and sounds good live. It's called Lumberjack. So in a package Bourgeoisia and Lumberjack. Boat in
čak ubom jutro in pišu o tem, kako pogrešam tvoje ustance, da sem romantik in nisem resen, pridem do tebe brez prepustance. Morda sem eden od teh in eden tisti, List, a little bit of change of genre. Also in Slovenia we have a very good hip-hop bands and artists and one of my favorites is Skova. Skova and his band Skova and Skovani, which is a little bit again untranslatable, is one of the great expectations also in the year 2022. Skova again with lyrics in Slovenian and this is his song Michelangelo Rap. Zdaj 
ruki zapisani med vrsticami s pesniško metaforiko, s tehniko in z retoriko, s fonetiko, metriko besednih zakonitosti. Jaz sem definicija tekstovne plemenitosti, da presega vse človekove osnovne zmogljivosti. Govim ka Babilon, še eden izmed padlih angelov, probi se stavc stavk, k njima sami glagolov, ti ga repaš na silo, jaz ga flavam čist lagano, izglasan kip Davidov, skova rep Michelangelo. Skova rep Michelangelo. Izklesan kip Davidov, skova rep Michelangelo. Rep Michelangelo. Jau. Tok prv fuknen model, da te fukne na rd V glavi luk nemam brd, sam ne med butle me dd Razmesaram na partu, ne šparam, kačaram, šamaram Udaram po majku, ne varen moj IQ legendaren kac Mickey Muster v stripih nabitih Ne znam bit tih, niti riti lizat na kiti Vas nosem zliti, lajni med smeri Pa kiki imperi, med liki piki Ne seri, splitki mi panči, lepo te prosem Lahko se gosam, skomr kol hočem Povzročam disleksijo, tem MC-om Ker mi zdaj ko mi sledijo Unetljivka petrolejče spustijo me v eter Znam bi tok želil, da tudi prvaki ostanejo Bez trofej, red imam toleriko Kot Orfej, Euridiko, kot Odisej I tako tu, če ne marajo me Ti kar dej kritiko, mej pridigo, ej Zate ostajam nedostopen, ka zaklad zako Pan med faraone Sem eksplozija, ki odjekne V liste, na kaj jih imaš tekste, se gor skova vsekne Da bojo sik saj mal, da ne bojo sam di kraj dal Vsak slovenski MC zdaj pred mano poklekne Klešam kamen modrosti v očeh plamenske junosti Tok spontane novosti, že izrane mladosti Puščam vaše ostanke zakopane v hosti Še bogovi jokajo, ka stare mame v Bosni Moj jezik je bolj oster, ki nabrušen skalpel Hip-hop je vedno zmano, tudi ki na dnu sem model Pa ti razširam obzorje, ki lanseram ta svoj vers Razdvajam rap, publiko na pol, kot morjem Mojzes, s čistimi mislimi repam Totalno umazano, moje delo bo živelo Nikol ne bo pozabljeno Ne moreš v ni stransa, počutaš se čisto mamljeno Tole je renesansa, skova rep Michelangelo Skova rep Michelangelo Tole je renesansa, skova rep Michelangelo so yes, this is everything for today. I hope you enjoy my selection. My name was Matiz and with me in my studio basement was Rock Molnar, my audio technician. Maybe we will hear each other again on some other opportunity and all the best to all of you around the globe. Hey there, I'm Abby from the Collegian at Rocky Mountain Student Media and you're listening to 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Koda Babcock, and this is COVID-19 Updates for Thursday. About 90% of students and employees at Colorado State University received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. The university reports over 4,000 cumulative cases of COVID-19 since May 2020, with 11 new cases Wednesday. To submit vaccine information, visit covid.colostate.edu. Larimer County reports a seven-day case rate of over 360 cases per 100,000 residents. 111 COVID-19 patients receive treatment in area hospitals, while local intensive care units report being at 108% utilization. 
This means that there is no space or staff remaining to treat new patients in critical condition in local hospitals. The county reports over 41,000 cases of COVID-19 and over 320 deaths in the community. Larimer County and the Centers for Disease Control report high levels of community transmission for COVID-19. Masks are required in all indoor public spaces in the county, regardless of vaccination status. Larimer County recommends that in high transmission risk periods, residents take the following precautions. Get vaccinated as soon as possible if you are not already. Wear masks, including in private indoor spaces if members of another household are present. Be sure your mask has a snug fit and consider wearing a KN95 mask. Postpone all gatherings if possible, and if the event must occur, consider requiring all attendees to be vaccinated or limiting the number of invited households. If the event is indoors, consider moving it outdoors. Monitor your health and get tested for COVID-19 if you have any concerns over exposure or symptoms. The state of Colorado reports nearly 753,000 cases of COVID-19, along with over 8,600 deaths. The state administered 7.9 million vaccines, and over 3.5 million Colorado residents are fully vaccinated. Over 78% of eligible Coloradans are at least partially vaccinated against the virus that causes COVID-19. Nationally, the United States reports over 461 million cases of COVID-19, along with over 746,000 deaths. Over 78% of people over the age of 12 received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. Information from today's segment comes from Colorado State University, Larimer County, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, the Centers for Disease Control. That's all for COVID-19 updates. I'm Kuta Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM. Today, I'm joined by Brooke Pippin from the Collegian to discuss her story, talking about the new Transport Elizabeth route. So can you explain the basic structural plan for the Elizabeth Max line? Yes, the project, which is still in the design phase, seeks to establish a second Max route, which will cater to residents on the West Elizabeth Corridor. It would increase the capacity for public transportation as well as the frequency of buses. The design seeks to implement a transit station near the B.W. Pickett Equine Center, which is located at the Foothills Campus. There are also plans for a roundabout in this area, as there has been feedback regarding the speed of vehicles in the area. All right, and then how is this new route expected to impact students? Well, a large percentage of students live in the West Elizabeth Corridor. According to the brochure released about this project, over 24,000 residents and 20,000 jobs are within the area. CSU also has many cyclists, and the project includes protected bike lanes around the city. Protected bike lanes means there will be a physical barrier between the road and the bike lane. This will help ensure the accessibility and safety of students who use alternative transportation. And then why is it important that CSU introduces more options for students commuting using alternative transportation? 25 to 35 percent of students are reliant on alternative transportation. It's important that CSU provides reliable, fast options for them. Many students need to be able to commute between the Foothills campus and main campus, whether it be for internships, classes, or research. Without public transportation options between the campuses, students are potentially being left out of these opportunities. And then the city of Fort Collins is still having time for feedback. So how can Fort Collins residents give feedback on this new project? Residents can provide feedback by visiting the project's website. There will be a few questions as well as a map in which residents can attach pins and comments for areas they would like improved. For example, someone could attach a pin and a note that they would like better lighting in a specific area. The survey is open until November 14th. All right, and then do you have anything else you'd like to add about this project? 
Yes. Um, an included goal in the project is for a max bus to arrive every seven and a half to 10 minutes, depending on the time of day. According to previous feedback by the city, 40% of those polled said their barrier between using public transportation was because buses do not arrive frequently enough. Between increased bike safety and faster public transport, the population of public transportation users may increase. Right now is a great time for people to express what they would like to see with the project. All right. Thank you again for joining me today. Thank you so much. And then again, that was Brooke Pippin from The Collegian. You can read her article by visiting collegian.com, and then it's in the news section. Now we'll be right back with tech news. And we're back on the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm Kuta Babcock, and this is Tech News for Thursday. The United States government blacklisted two Israeli firms for their use of spyware. According to Sean Lingas at CNN Business, NSO Group and Kandiru were accused by the U.S. Commerce Department of providing their spyware tools to governments that use the tools to target journalists, activists, and embassy officials. Additionally, Russian and Singaporean firms, Positive Technologies and Computer Security Initiative Consultancy, were accused of trafficking. According to CNN, this is a major step taken by the Biden administration to discourage the distribution of hacking technologies and a step towards acknowledging the human rights crises caused by their use. In a statement from the Commerce Department, the agency said, quote, Today's action is a part of the Biden-Harris administration's efforts to put human rights at the center of U.S. foreign policy by working to stem the proliferation of digital tools used for repression, end quote. In response to the blacklisting of NSO Group, the company said that their technologies have been used for U.S. national interests, and they will continue to advocate for their technology's use by the United States. GitHub CEO Nat Friedman stepped down after three years to return to his roots in startups. According to Tom Warren at The Verge, Friedman became the CEO of Microsoft's GitHub after an acquisition three years ago, and was originally brought into Microsoft when his company, Xamarin, was acquired by Microsoft. In a GitHub blog post, Friedman said of his decision, quote, I'm moving on to my next adventure to support, advise, and invest in the founders and developers who are creating the future with technology and tackling some of the biggest opportunities of our day. End quote. As a result of Friedman's resignation, GitHub chief product officer Thomas Domke will take over as the company's CEO on November 15th. In addition to this switch in roles, the company is changing its internal structure for reporting as the staff changing occurs. Rather than reporting to Microsoft's cloud and AI chief, Dumke will report to the president of Microsoft's developer division. Facebook is shutting down its facial recognition system and deleting all data from it. According to Matt O'Brien and Barbara Ortute at the Associated Press, this means that the company will delete over 1 billion people's face prints due to the company's concerns that facial recognition is being misused by government institutions and companies alike. In a blog post, Meta Vice President Jerome Vicente said, quote, this change will represent one of the largest shifts in facial recognition usage in technology's history, end quote. The company is still under fire for a lack of prioritization of safety compared to profit, according to documents leaked by former Facebook employee Francis Haugen. Haugen's leak showed the company that the company did little to nothing to prevent the spread of misinformation or other harmful impacts. While the step to remove facial recognition is new, the company stopped automatically tagging people in photos in 2019, asking users to opt into the facial recognition program instead. 
That's all for tech news. I'm Koda Babcock, and you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Now for Weird News with Portia Cook. I'm Portia Cook, and this is Weird News for Thursday, November 4th. Baleen whales such as Blue, Finn, Minicky, and Humpback are some of the world's largest animals, and they are gobbling up more food than scientists ever imagined. According to a report in Nature, whales are consuming around three times more food than the previous year, eating anywhere between 10 and 20 tons of food every day. This is over 100 times the food the average person eats. According to National Public Radio, Matthew Savoka, a research at Stanford University and lead author of the new study, said, quote, The amount of food is somewhere in the range of 20 to 50 million calories, which is about 70 to 80,000 Big Macs. Savoka said what would take an average human a decade to consume takes a whale only one day. Savoka first became interested in whale food consumption when he tried to find out how much pollution whales ingest with their food. To his surprise, the only data he could find did not come from living wells, but deceased wells that had been hunted, or researcher guesses, based on extrapolations from caloric needs of smaller animals. Savoka realized there is a way to gather more exact estimates of food and caloric intake of wells by using underwater devices that measure the size and density of swarms of shrimp-like krill, the main dish in a whale's diet. The device sends out pulses of sound that bounce off the swarms of fish and return to the device. So far, Savoka and his colleagues have gathered data on over 300 wells while they feed into massive pools of krill by gulping large amounts of water to filter out the krill. The size of the well determines how big of a mouthful of krill-filled water the well can consume in one gulp. Researchers tag and track each well's movement to determine how often they feed. Savoka said in quote, The wells feed at levels that are hard to believe. Blue wells might lunge into a prey patch 200 times a day. Humpback wells might do it 500 times a day, end quote. And then, of course, after all that eating, there's poop, and a lot of it. Luckily, scientists have found that well excrements contain high level of iron and other precious nutrient-rich resources that benefit the ocean. When a well's fecal matter spreads, so does its nutrients that promote phytoplankton growth, tiny life forms at the bottom of the marine food chain that are often eaten by krill. The krill then, of course, get eaten by the wells, and the life cycle continues. Hundreds of robots are hitting some U.S. streets as the demand for contactless food delivery continues to grow. According to the Huffington Post, the knee-high white and black colored robots can hold around four large pizzas and can be spotted navigating through some college campuses and even city sidewalks through the U.S. and U.K. While tech companies began testing food delivery robots before coronavirus hit, major tech companies like Starship Technologies say pandemic-related labor shortages, along with a growing preference for contactless delivery, have accelerated the robots onto city streets. Alistar Westgate, Starship Technologies CEO, says, in quote, We saw a demand for robot usage just go through the ceiling, end quote. Starship now has more than 1,000 robots in its fleet, up from the 250 robots the company had in 2019. Robots are currently delivering food on 20 U.S. college campuses, including campuses in Miami, California, and Ohio, with an additional 25 more campuses being added soon. The robots also operate on sidewalks in various locations in English, Modesto, California, and Starship Technologies' hometown, Tallinn, Estonia. Starship plans to deploy hundreds more to different U.S. and U.K. locations soon. Patrick Schick, a junior at Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green, Ohio, says he gets delivery from Starship robots at least three to four times a week. He says, in quote, 
The robot pulls up just in time for me to get some lunch. Prominent names in the food and food delivery industry are also partnering with tech companies to add robot deliveries as a service. Grubhub recently partnered with the Russian robot maker Yandex to deploy 50 robots on the Ohio State University campus in Columbus, Ohio. Domino's Pizza is partnering with Neuro, a California startup that offers six-foot-tall self-driving pods that go at a speed of 25 miles per hour on the street. Neuro is already testing grocery and food delivery in Houston, Phoenix, and Mountain View, California. As for the robots, they vary in design. Some robots roll around on four wheels while others roll around on six. The robots use cameras, sensors, GPS, and laser scanners to navigate sidewalks, cross streets, and find their final food drop-off location. The robots move at about five miles per hour. Those looking to use the robot delivery service can expect a delivery fee plus added service fees for each robot food delivery. More than 80 hippos previously owned by Colombian drug lord Pablo Escobar are the first non-human creatures to be legally considered people under U.S. law. According to the Huffington Post, the U.S. District Court in the Southern District of Ohio recognizes Escobar's infamous cocaine hippos as legal persons, a first-time ruling in the United States. Escobar's hippos are descendants of four illegally imported hippos and were set free in 1993, but are reportedly wreaking havoc on the local ecosystem. The mid-October ruling came the same day the Animal Legal Defense Fund filed an application on behalf of the hippos intended to stop the Colombian government from killing all 80 animals, suggesting that sterilization of the hippos was a better option. The decision to come to the hippos' defense came after scientists argued that the hippos may be restoring ecological functions lost to human-driven extinction. Currently, U.S. law allows interested parties in Colombia to travel to a U.S. federal court to obtain documents and testimony on behalf of non-human creatures, presuming lawsuits to protect their own interests. The ADF, or Animal Defense Fund, applied for the hippos' rights to include the testimony of two wildlife experts who study non-surgical sterilization in Ohio on behalf of the plaintiffs, in this case, the 80 hippos. The Animal Defense Fund said testimony of wildlife experts Elizabeth Berkeley and Richard Berlinski would be used to support the use of a contraceptive called PZP. Animal Defense Fund Executive Director Stephen Wells said, end quote, Animals have the right to be free from cruelty and exploitation, and the failure of U.S. courts to recognize their rights impedes the ability to enforce existing legislative protections, end quote. Wells called the court order a critical milestone in the broader animal status fight to recognize that animals have enforceable rights, end quote. That's all for today's weird news, and now for the weather. Today we saw a high of 65 with a low of 40 with sunny skies and some wind. Friday continues to warm up to a high of 69 with a low of 36 with sunny skies. Moving into the weekend, Saturday the Fort Collins aerial will see partly cloudy skies with a high of 68 and a low of 39. And Sunday, temperatures will range between 37 and 69 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Monday will cool down pretty dramatically to a high of 59 and a low of 35 with partly cloudy skies. And Tuesday, we'll once again see partly cloudy skies with a high of 57 and a low of 38. And for Wednesday, you'll have to tune in this upcoming Tuesday from 4 to 5 in the afternoon for the Rocky Mountain Review, only on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I'm Coda Babcock, and information comes from the Weather Channel. If you missed any part of today's episode, check us out online at kcsufm.com news or by searching KCSU News on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And that's all for today. We just wanted to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music that's playing right now. 
We'd like to thank our guests today, as well as Portia Cook, Thomas Taylor, Stephanie Keel, Stevie Jones, Hannah Copeland, Eric, Elliot Hutchinson, Eric Zhang, Brennan Cole, Lindsay Johnson, Eliza Droder, Samuel Bailey, Ben Haney, Ben Kruger, Anna Schwabi, Marie Tanksley, Dixon Lawson, Peter Walk, and the rest of the staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. And I'd like to thank you, Coda. And I'd like to thank you, Allie. And we finally couldn't do this without you, dear listener. Thank you. And with that, we'll see you next time.